Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the latest in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, friends, we want to start a new series and... This is who, or just who is Lucifer. We want to find out exactly who is Lucifer. As, um, as seen in Isaiah chapter 14. This is going to be part one. Now, so we're talking about just who is Lucifer, understanding Isaiah chapter 14. You know, a lot of conjectures have taken place as to who Lucifer really was. So many thoughts, so many doctrines, so many teachings about it. Uh, the understanding that he was once an angel in heaven, that uh, kind of uh, was such a bright angel. In fact, like people say, that kind of wrestled with God, or you know, had a war with God, and then was thrown down from heaven to the earth, and so on and so forth. All manner of stories are going on about this particular uh, individual called Lucifer, right here in Isaiah chapter 14. So. Uh, we want to take a good look at it and see what the scripture has to say about it. So then, um, um, who, who was actually Lucifer? You know, who was Isaiah chapter 14 referring to? What is the nature of the war that took place in heaven? When was Satan cast down? Now, how many times and passages do the world or name Lucifer appear in the scriptures? Is Lucifer the same as Satan, the dragon? How many times was Satan referred to as being cast down? These are some of the questions we intend to answer in this study. Amen. Now, if you look at the book of John, first of all, John chapter 12, reading from verse number 27. It's an interesting passage that I think is worth considering as well. So, here we see... Uh, this is in direct relation to when Jesus was back going to the cross. So we just look at it from verse 27 to 31. And this is what it says. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I came to the wall. I'm reading from the I mean, New King James Version anyway. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore the people who stood by and heard it said that it was it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince or the ruler of this world be cast out. Now shall the ruler of this world be cast out. Amen. Now, that is when it was to go to the cross. So, we need to understand this. Jesus is saying, when about going to the cross, is when the prince or the ruler of this world is to be cast out. Amen? Okay, let's look at the book of Revelation, chapter 12. These are three major passages we're going to consider. After which, we'll begin to move down to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 28 as well. Okay, Revelation 12, uh, I'm reading from verse number 7, and I will take it up to uh, verse 10. Revelation 12, verse number 7. 
And this is what he says. And what broke out in heaven, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, or the old serpent called the devil, and Satan who deceived the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now verse 10 is very important. Then I heard the voice, or a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ have come for the accused of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, have been cast down. Amen. Now you see these three passages. And so you also now go to the book of um, the book of Isaiah now. Let's now go to Isaiah chapter 14. And uh, we're going to read from verse number 12 to verse 14 of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 14. Very interesting passage, I'm sure you know. And come on to, okay, so we take it from verse number 14. Isaiah 14, I'm taking it from verse number 12, rather. Okay, Isaiah 14 from verse number 12. This is what it says. How are you falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, or to the earth? You who weaken the nations, for you have said in your heart, We are sending to heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. On the farthest side of the north, I will ascend above the highest of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Verse 15 says, Yet ye shall be brought down to hell, or Sheol, to the lowest part of the pit. Amen? Alright. Now, for you to understand chapter 14 of the book of Isaiah, you must start reading from chapter 13 of the book of Isaiah. And that is the way you will find it. It is sequential. You just go back to chapter 13 and begin to read. So, to consider, so when you begin to read chapter 13, you begin to see some oracles or wells that were spoken against other nations. So, uh, these are the oracles that relate to these nations and their kings. If you start reading from Isaiah chapter 13, verse 1 to 14, and then verse 23. Now, if you look at Isaiah chapter 14, verse 24 to 27, is the oracle or the burden against Babylon. Then if you look at Isaiah 28, 32, is an oracle against Syria. Assyria. Isaiah 15, I mean verse 15 to 16, is the oracle against the Philistines. And then 17 is the oracle against Moab. Then when you look at Isaiah 18 through 19, you have the oracle against Cush and against Egypt. Isaiah 20, against Egypt and Cush as well. And then Isaiah 21, 1 to 10, against Babylon. Isaiah 21, 11 to 12, against Edom. Then 13, 17. Then you look at the oracle against Arabia is Isaiah 22. Against Jerusalem is Isaiah 23. Against Tyre. Is Isaiah 24, the portrait of judgment against her is in Isaiah 24. Now, a careful look at Isaiah 14 from chapter 13 shows it was a dinge. D-I-R-G-E. Meaning, it was a song of lamentation, especially the one that is meant to occupy a funeral. Basically then, it was a funeral service song 
of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. That is why you find in Isaiah chapter 14 that we are looking at. It was a funeral song, a song of funeral service of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. We can understand this passage better if we read it from a simpler translation, like the Good News Bible. So let us see it here, the Good News Translation. Amen. Now, I'm taking it from verse number 1 to 21. Isaiah chapter 14 from the King, I mean the Good News Bible. And this is what it says from this one. The Lord will once again be merciful to his people, Israel, and choose them as his own. He will let them live in their own land again. And foreigners will come and live there with them. Many nations will help the people of Israel return to the land which the Lord gave them. And there the nations will serve Israel as slaves. Those who once captured Israel will now be captured by Israel. And the people of Israel will rule over those who once oppressed them. The king of Babylon and the world of the dead. Glory to God. Now verse 3. The Lord will give the people of Israel relief from their pain and suffering. And from the hard work they were forced to do. That was in Babylon now. Verse 4. When he does this, they are to mock the king of Babylon and say, begin to follow it from verse 4. The crucial king, that he quote now, the crucial king has fallen. He will never oppress anyone again. Verse 5, the Lord has ended the power of the evil rulers. Verse 6, who aggressively oppressed the peoples and never stopped persecuting the nations they had conquered. Are you saying it? Verse 7. Now, at last the whole world enjoys rest and peace, and everyone sings for joy. Verse 8. The cypresses, trees, and the cedars of Lebanon rejoice over the fallen king, because there is no one to cut them down now that he's gone. Amen? Now remember, cypress, trees, and cedars are symbolic of people. The well of the dead, verse 9, the well of the dead is getting ready to welcome the king of Babylon. The ghosts of those who were powerful on earth are staring about. The ghosts of kings are rising from their throne, verse 10. They all call out to him. Now you are as weak as we are. You are one of us. What is he talking about? In the realm of the dead. Verse 11. You used to be honored with the music of harps. This is where people think Lucifer was a musician, a choir master. But now, here you are in the well of the dead. You lie on the dead on the bed of maggots and are covered with a blanket of worms. Amen. Now, verse twelve. King of Babylon, bright morning star, you are falling from heaven. In the past, you conquered nations, but now you have been thrown to the ground. You were determined to climb up to heaven and to place your throne above the highest stars. You thought you would sit like a king on that mountain in the north where the gods assemble. Oh, glory. You said you would climb to the top of the clouds and be like the Almighty. But instead, you have been brought down to the deepest part of the world of the dead. The dead will stare and gap at you. They will ask, is this the man who shook the edge and made kingdoms troubled? 
17. Is this the man who destroys cities and turned the wall into a desert? Is this the man who never freed his prisoners or let them go home? Oh, glory. All the kings of the earth lie in their magnificent tombs, but you have no tomb, and your corpse is thrown out to rot. It is covered by the bodies of soldiers killed in battle, thrown with them into a rocky pit, and trampled down. Verse 20. Because you ruin your country and kill your own people, you will not be buried like other kings. Glory. None of your evil family will survive. Let the slaughter begin. The sons of this king will die because of their ancestors' sin. None of them will ever rule the earth or cover it, cover it with. Amen. Praise the Lord. This is the Good News Translation. So you got a passage. Now what are the facts from this above translation? Don't forget what we're dealing with here. First of all, from verse number 16 to 17, you see that it was actually a song. It was like a mockery to this king. Is that okay? You need to understand this fact. This was a ditch. It was a song for the mockery of the king that was so powerful. But finally he died. And so it's like saying the ghosts of those he has killed, the ghosts of those who lived on the other side, they were now mocking at him, being thrown down to the same rain that they were, which is in hell or Hades or in the graves. I think I need to emphasize again this particular uh, particular section for you. Verse 9 to 11 and then 16, 17. Now you look at what they are saying here. The well of the dead is getting ready to welcome the king of Babylon. The ghosts of those who were powerful on earth are staring about. The ghosts of kings are rising from their thrones. They all call out to him. Now you are as weak as we are. You are one of us. You used to be honored with music of harps. You know what that means? You know, kings in those days, for instance, you know what happened to David and, and Nebuchadnezzar, right? I mean, David and Saul. You see, when Saul was playing music for, I mean, David was playing music for Saul. And you find the early kings, they'll sit in places like pool and they'll have musicians play for them. That's what this play is describing. It's not talking about what happened in heaven. You say Nebuchadnezzar used to enjoy yourself maybe under trees or by the pool and you have people playing harp for you. That is not to say Nebuchadnezzar, I mean Lucifer was a musician in heaven, neither was he a choir master. It is so erroneous. This is damning a kind of doctrine that is going on in the church. When they begin to say that Lucifer was a musician just because of this verse. No. You used to enjoy music is what he's saying as a king. While on earth, is that okay? You used to be honored with the music of hearts, but now here you are in the world of the dead. It's so simple. You lie on the bed of maggots and are covered with a blanket of worms. Now go to verse 16 now again, like I said. And don't forget we're dealing with uh, this Isaiah 14 from verse 1 to 24. And we're reading from the Good News Translation. Very simple translation. Now verse 16 says, the dead will stare and gap at you. There we ask, is this the man who shook the earth and make kingdoms tremble? Is this the man who destroyed cities and turned the wall into a desert? Is this the man who never freed his prisoners or let them go home? Glory to God. You see what I'm saying here? So here the whole passage is about a lamentation against the king of Babylon. Nothing to do with one angel called Lucifer up in the sky where God was. 
I mean, this is, this is terrible. What we believe and what we teach. So now, what do you get from this passage? From Isaiah chapter 14, 1 to 23, for instance. It speaks of God's deliverance of his people. Isaiah 1, that the kingdom of Judah, earlier on, on that they will be taken into captivity by Babylon. You can see it from Isaiah 5, 11 to 13. Just what it says. Isaiah 5, 11 to 13. When God warned them that they're going to be taken into Babylon, I mean into captivity. He earlier warned them before Nebuchadnezzar came into the scene and took them up into captivity. So look at what it says here. Isaiah chapter 5, 11 to 13. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, till wine inflames them, and the harp and the vow, the timbrate and the pipe and wine are in their feast. But they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the oppression of his hands. Therefore my people are gone into captivity, because they have no knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitude dried up with thirst. Amen. Praise the living God. Again Isaiah prophesied of their deafness, because they could not understand when God is speaking. And this again what he said in Isaiah chapter 6 verse number 9. By implication, even with all this warning coming to them, Israel would not hear what God was saying. They wouldn't kind of repent for what God was saying. They never had any, any thought to change as to what God was warning them against. Is that okay? Now, Isaiah chapter 6 verse 9. Again, and this is what the Lord says. And he said, go and tell these people, hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of these people fat, and make their ears heavy, and show their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. And verse 11 says, Then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, Until the cities be wasted without inhabitants, and the houses without a man, and the land be utterly desolate. Twelve. That's verse 12 now. And the Lord have removed men far away, and there be a great forsaken in the midst of the land. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. Now, but in chapter 11, he continued on how they will be rescued. And this is what he says, chapter 11 of Isaiah and of ten. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and Israel shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand against the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, and from Egypt, and from Patros, and from Cush, which is Babylon, I mean, and from Elam, and from Shina, rather, Shina is Babylon here, and from Hamath, and from the eyes of the sea. Did you get that? God said he's going to recover the remnant of Israel the second time from Babylonian captivity. I mean, all forms of captivity. Now, in other words, they've been in captivity to Assyrian, to Egypt, to Pantros, to Cush, Elam, and Shina, which is Babylon, and from Hamath, and from the eyes of the sea, or the island of the sea. So here we see Shina is actually Babylon, like you find in Isaiah 39, verse number 6. And this is what is it. Behold, it is come that all that is in thy house, and that which thy fathers have laid up in store, unto this day shall be carried to Babylon. 
Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. And of course, this happened in AD, I mean BC 586, when we were carried into captivity. And so Jeremiah also lent a voice to this particular situation. So you find in Jeremiah 20, let's look at verse number 3. Turn with me to Jeremiah 20, verse number 3. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass on the morrow. The pastor brought forth Jeremiah out of the stock. Then said Jeremiah unto him, The Lord have not called that name partial, but Magomishabab. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will make thee a terror to thyself and to all thy friends, and they shall fall by the sword of their enemies, and I shall behold it, and I will give all Judah, listen to that, into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall carry thee captive into Babylon, and shall slay them with the sword. Moreover, I will deliver all the strength of this city, and all the labors thereof, and all the precious things thereof, and all the treasures of the kings of Judah, will I give into the hand of their enemies, which shall spoil them, and take them, and carry them to Babylon. And thou partial, and all that dwell in the house, shall go into captivity, and thou shalt come to Babylon, and there thou shalt die, and shall be buried there, thou and all thy friends, to whom thou hast provided lives. Hallelujah. Jeremiah prophesied that the captivity will last for 70 years. Then Babylon will be judged, and the Jews permitted to go back home. Now you find that in the book of Jeremiah 25. So let's quickly take a look at that. Jeremiah 25. Praise the living God. Very interesting also. Amen. Jeremiah 25. I'll take it from verse 1 to 14. I'm going to be reading from the New King James as well. Praise the Lord. Alright. So, we take it from verse 1. Jeremiah 25. And this is what he says. The word that came to Jeremiah concerning the people of Judah. In the fourth year of Joachim, the son of Jeshua, king of Judah, which of the fourth year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. I want you to follow this. Which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to all the people of Judah and to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Jeremiah 25, 23 now, I mean verse 3, from the thirteenth year of Joachim, I mean Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, even to this day, this is the twenty. Oh, that's 23rd year, in which the word of the Lord has come to me, and has spoken to you, rising early and speaking, but you have not listened. Verse 4. And the Lord said, I mean, the Lord has sent to you, all his servants, the prophet rising early and sending them, but you have not listened, not inclined your ear to hear. They say, Repent now, every one of his evil way, and his evil doings, and dwell in the land that the Lord has given to you, and your fathers forever and ever. Do not go after other gods to serve them and worship them. And do not provoke me to anger with the works of your hands, and I will not harm you. Yet you have not listened to me, says the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own heart. Therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not heard my words, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, says the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, will bring them against thee, 
this land, against this inhabitants, and against these nations all around, and we utterly destroy them and make them an astonishment, a hissing and a perpetual desolation. Are you following it? Verse 10. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of might and the voice of, of gladness and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sign of millstone and the lamp, light of the lamp. And this whole land shall be desolate, and all the astonishment of these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. Glory to God. Are you seeing it? Alright, verse 12. Then it shall come to pass, when the seventy years are completed, that I will punish the king of Babylon, and that nation, the land of Cadence, for their iniquity, says the Lord. And I will make it a perpetual desolation. Verse 13. So I will bring all that land, all my words which I have promised, pronounced against it, and all that is written in this book which Jeremiah has prophesied concerning the nations. Verse 14 now. For many nations are the great kings shall be saved by them also, and I will repay them according to their deeds and according to the works of their own hand. Can you get that? This is a prophecy of Jeremiah concerning the fall of Jerusalem, how that the king of Babylon was going to come pick it up and pick them up into captivity. But you notice something there. He spoke in, in verse 9, and he called Nebuchadnezzar my servant. So servant means the one that served the purposes of God at any particular time. And here was a foreign king that God was going to use now to serve his purpose because of the rebellion and wickedness of the children of Israel. Here God was saying he's going to take them into captivity and he's in an instrument called his servant and that individual is called Nebuchadnezzar. Are you following it? So, Zedekiah was taken captive. And I decided put out by the order of the king of Babylon, who made him a prisoner for the remainder of his years. He survived his recovery mental illness for seven years and died B.C. 562 in the 18th year of the fourth year of his age after a 43 years uh, reign and was succeeded by his son, Evil Marudak, who after a reign of 32 years was accomplished. Counting from the time that the Jews were carried away in the time of Jeconiah and Joachim, like you find in Second Kings chapter 24, 15 and 16. The desolation was fulfilled by Darius, the king of Persia. Listen closely. Now I'm saying here, when he says survives mental illness, I'm talking about Nebuchadnezzar now. Remember, he was driven into the forest. Is that okay? Right. So, the desolation was fulfilled by Darius, the king of Persia. You find that in, in Daniel chapter, um, you find that in Daniel chapter 4. You look at Daniel chapter 4 and verse number 31. You'll be able to see what I'm talking about there in the book of Daniel. Yeah, praise the Lord. Daniel chapter 4. You should be able to see, uh, what I mean. When I talk about the desolation which we prophesy in the book of Jeremiah. So, let's quickly look at Daniel chapter 4 uh, and then verse number, verse number 31. And that's what it says here. Daniel 4 verse number 31. And it says, While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice from heaven said, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. That was a desolation and prophesy in Jeremiah 25. Is that okay? So, of these 70 years, Nebuchadnezzar reigned 36 years. You find that in 2 Kings chapter 25, verse 27. Even Merodach, 32 years. And Beshed, at least 2 years. 
You find all of that in Daniel chapter 8, verse number 1. You understand that? Praise the Lord. Okay, so now, Babylon fell under Cyrus. At the hand, I mean the head of the combined armies of Media and Persia. The Media and Persia army joined together and they destroyed Babylon. King Cyrus was the Persian king, Elam, who was conqueror of Babylon. He issued a decree of liberation to the Jews. You find that in Ezra chapter 1 and 1 to 2. I think it's important to read that as well. The book of Ezra chapter 1 and uh, praise the Lord. You look at it from verse 1 to 2. Be able to see what I'm talking about. Ezra chapter 1, 1 to 2. When he conquered, he made a decree and then restored the children of Israel back to their own land. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Alright. Okay. Um, here we go. Let me just quickly take a look at this. So, um, the book of Ezra. You, you just take time to, 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 to read it and you see what I'm talking about there. So, he made a decree, as a matter of fact, in that uh, particular passage. And then the children of Israel were sent back home from captivity. And that was the handwork of, um, of uh, King Cyrus. And that is why God referred to him as my anointed one in, in Isaiah 45. You remember the story? Isaiah 45. You know, he restored, he called him his anointed one. Okay, so Ezra chapter 1, 1 to 2, you see that. Then in the year B.C., 559, he became king of Asia. That is, I'm talking of King Cyrus now. Now, he died, I mean, either his uncle, Siaxis, called Darius the Medi, in the Bible, in conquering Asia Minor. And afterward, their joint forces captured Babylon and overran the Assyrian Empire. Cyrus was a great military leader, bent on universal conquest. Now, Babylon fell before his army in B.C. 538 on the night of Belshazzar's feast. You, 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 you equally, I'm sure you equally know about that uh, in, in the book of Daniel. You find that in Daniel chapter 5 and uh, verse, number, verse number 30. If you look at Daniel chapter 5, verse number 30, you'll be able to see that as well. Amen. When the man was having a feast and remember... How the hand grew into the wall, I mean, from the wall, and, and wrote many, many takeoffers. Your days are numbered. Okay, praise the Lord. That's what we're talking about. So the great king of the earth, I mean, Babylon fell on this particular time, like I'm saying, in 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 the hands of uh, Bethsheda, like you find in Daniel five verse number thirty. Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's move on. And so, when you come now, I think I need to read this for you. Daniel 5, verse number 30, and this is what he said. Daniel 5, verse 30, as a matter of fact, you read it from verse 25. And this is the inscription that was written. Now, this man was celebrating, having a feast. This interpretation of each word. I mean, by the description of original, many, many take care of fasten. This is the interpretation of each word. Many. God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Take it. You have been weighed in the balance and found wanting. Perish. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the medis and patients. 
Then Bathsheba gave the command and included Daniel with purple and put a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. Verse 30. That very night, Bathsheba, king of Chidon, was slain. And Darius the Meldis received the kingdom, being after 62 years old. Did you see that? Daniel chapter 5, we just read. Is that okay from 25 to 30? So this is what happened. So now we found out then the ancient dominion of Assyrian was also added to his empire. The empire of King Cyrus, man, I mean. Alright? Okay. Now, the great kings of the earth had only oppressed the Jews. So Cyrus was to them as a shepherd. You find that in the book of Isaiah. You look at Isaiah chapter 44 verse 28 and 45 and verse um, So, here is it. Isaiah 44 and verse 28. Praise the Lord. And this is what it says. Who says of Cyrus is my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, Ye shall be built, and to the temple your foundation shall be laid. Can you get that? Alright. You go to chapter 45. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand of hell, to subdue nations before him, and lose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors, so that the gate will not be shut. I will go before you, and make the crooked places straight. I will bring in pieces, break in pieces the gates of brass and iron, and call the bars of iron and sunder. I will give you the treasure of darkness, and the hidden riches of secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord, will call you by your name, I am the God of Israel. For my Jacob's sake, and Israel my elect, and I have called you by your name. I have named you, though you have not known me. Can you get that? So, he was a patient king, and God picked him up, and caused him to come right away. You know, and in fact, he called him to be his shepherd. And that's very interesting. He called him his shepherd. Why? Because of the assignment that he has for him to be able to deliver the children of Israel. From captivity. So when he came to power, he made the decree and caused the people to get out of Babylon. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? Praise the living God. So because, like I said before, you know, the children of Israel were so oppressed. They were so oppressed by other nations, other kings. And Nebu, I mean, I mean, I'm the king of Pesha now, which is, which is, um, Ezra, I mean, uh, Cyrus. You know, was going to have kind of mercy on them, kind of look unto them with good eyes, if I may use the word. He was referred to as a shepherd. You see, all the kings of the earth had only oppressed the Jews. So Cyrus was to them as a shepherd. You know, God employed him in doing his service to his Asian people. Now, like I said before, Ezra chapter 1, we look at verse 1 to 2. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia. That the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 25 now, might be fulfilled. The Lord set up the gift, the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation brought out, I mean, throughout all this kingdom, and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kings of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is among you of all his people? May his God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord, God of Israel. 
He is God, which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of his people of this place help him with silver and gold, with gold and livestock, beside the free will offering for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Then the heads of the fathers of the house of Judah and Benjamin the priest and the Levite, with all the spirits of God, had moved up, arose to go up and build a house of the Lord, which is where in Jerusalem. Can you get that? This is why God referred to him as his shepherd. He was able to bring back the people of God from captivity, from Babylon, from all of the nations wherein they were scattered as he made the decree. Praise the living God. So, the capture of Babylon by Darius, Osiris, will be good news to the Jews, for it will, it will mean the end of their exile and bondage. And this is exactly what happened in Isaiah chapter 14, which we're talking about. So, the whole of Isaiah chapter 14 is a proclamation of the liberation and the good news of the Jews coming out of captivity through the handiwork and the, and the, and the, and the anointing, the grace that was upon the life of King Cyrus. So it is clear from the above passage that Isaiah chapter 14, therefore, reading from chapter 13, was nothing more than the story of the fall of the king of Babylon. In fact, it is simply the song of lamentation. So, it's good to understand that a picture in Isaiah chapter 14, 1 to 23, is that of a mighty monarch whose pride has brought him to destruction. Isaiah described the king's arrival in Sheol, the wall of the dead, where the king's wealth, glory, and power vanished. Here he was being welcomed in the wall of the dead by the departed previous earthly kings. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 9, listen again. The grave below is all astare to meet you at your coming. It rouses the spirit of the departed to greet you. All those who were leaders, who were leaders in the world, it makes them rise from their thrones. All those who were ever kings over the nations. From the NIV. Hallelujah. But it was all a mockery, I'm trying to say. That is a great leveler. There are no kings in the world of the dead. So they were saying, you felt you were so powerful as a king, now you'll be brought down. So when you look at now verse number 12, Lucifer, again, is the word, a Latin word for morning star. It suggested that this king's glory did not last for a very long time. Reason is the morning star shines out, praise the Lord, but soon swallowed up by the light of the sun. It fades away. When sun is the morning, the very beginning, it fades away. Praise the Lord. Even all those called Lucy for his sons, Lucy, you've heard about Lucy. It is same word Lucifer. So Isaiah 14 was a song of lamentation over the king of Babylon, not a devil. I need you to understand this. This has nothing to do with a devil, but a man, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. Everything was a lamentation about the fall of this king. Everything was about how this king was going to be brought down by another king. As a matter of fact, right now, King Cyrus. When the whole of the empire came down, Beth says I was the last person that ruled in Babylon when the children of Israel were still in captivity. And many, many took off fasting. Just explain everything that was going to happen. And Cyrus came in and destroyed that empire. 
And in Ezra chapter 1, he made a decree that the children of Israel go home, back to Jerusalem. As prophesied by Jeremiah, Jeremiah 25. So it's important you understand that this passage in Isaiah chapter 14 have nothing one bit to do with a, a, an angel that was in heaven some time ago playing music and being a chorister, choir leader and so rebel against God and decides to come down as God threw him down. That is not the picture the Bible is painting for us. That is our own theory. That is our own imagination. And I'll prove it to you as we move on. How all of this doctrine came to be within the body of Christ. But like I said. You go back and read your Bible. From Isaiah chapter number 14. And take time to read from verse 1. Down or through. If you will. To 23. Reading it in a simpler translation. Not the King James. Hallelujah. So that you can understand the background to which the author of this particular passage was speaking. Isaiah prophecy had nothing to do with an angel. It has to do all with a man, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Bless you. I'll see you again. Amen. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.